Have you ever left your pill bottle open or accidentally taken one too many? For some, that mistake can have grave consequences. This week on the Middle Tech Podcast, we have our youngest entrepreneurs yet. Abby Cheek and Addie Preston are taking on a problem to quite literally save lives. Let's check it out. Welcome back to the Middle Tech Podcast. Nate Antetomaso up here in Chicago, Illinois, in downtown Lexington, Kentucky. We have my co-host, Evan Knowles, and our producer, Logan Jones. How are you doing, guys? Doing well. How about you? I am good. Um, But yeah, let's just jump into it. Also, somewhere in Kentucky, where are you guys? Abigail Cheek and Addie Preston. We are in Versailles, so just right outside of Lexington. About 20 minutes or so. Yep. Horse country. (laughs) Yes, very much. (laughs) I remember when I first moved to Kentucky, I would call it Versailles because I thought that was like the proper way to do it and the French way to do it. And everybody called me dumb enough until I started calling it Versailles. When we're going home, our GPS still actually calls it Versailles. It's really confusing. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. because it wants to be all fancy. Mm. We're not fancy. (laughs) (laughs) So you guys, you might not be fancy, but you guys are smart and you're entrepreneurial. You started Dose Defense, and Evan, you actually met them at a Five Across event uh, when they were talking about Dose Defense, right? Yeah, so we didn't we didn't meet at the actual event. Uh, unfortunately, okay. I had to leave before the end of it, before I got to talk to them. But, Committed, uh, I see how it is. Yeah, um, they gave a great presentation. Uh, I thought mm-hmm. their product was awesome, and uh, I thought their team was awesome. And so, um, you know, I had to get in touch afterwards. And um, just kind of say, hey, you guys did a great job. Uh, We'd love to learn more about you guys and and share your story. So got connected after the fact, and uh, here we are. So you guys pitched at that Five Across. What was that experience like? Yeah, so that was a pretty cool experience. Um, We had only ever pitched one other time before, and that was at GSE Demo Day. Um, Mm -hmm. But Five Across was pretty cool. The energy there is, like, amazing. It has yeah. such a cool energy, and I think it really helped the fact that all of the other GSC kids were there. So, like, mm-hmm. we were in those seats just a year ago, so they got to see us pitch, um, and I think that was really cool. So we had a lot of fun with that. Yeah, same yeah, thing so- with Abigail. The whole energy thing, it gets you ready to speak in front of 200, 250 of an audience. So it's it's amazing. It's so much fun. Yeah. Was your pitch at Awesome Inc. or did they have it at a different venue when you did it? They had it at the tower. Um, it's like a bank. It was at, what was it called? Main uh, on Main yeah, is where they the, have it. Uh, mm-hmm. Chase building? Yeah, Main on Main. Yeah, Main on Main. I don't yeah. think I've been there. Yeah. <clears throat> about the about the energy thing, that's definitely by design. I think that's why it's one of the most popular pitch competitions in Lexington rather than anything. That, Are there uh, any others? Yeah, there's the one that UK does. UK has... <laughs> well, uh, let, me, let me finish. Yeah, UK, <laughs> UK has the one I, I participate in. It's, uh, I don't know, it's through the Von Allman Center, but... Oh, okay. It's a lot smaller like a public, than Five Across. So I don't know it was a public one. Yeah. The Logan, are you talking about the um, the boot camp? No, no, it's a different one. I did it like sophomore year. I can't remember the name of it. Oh, okay. Yeah. That might be a new program. I did I did the boot camp through the Von Allman Center and we like the ending of it was a pitch day. And then I also did Five Across as well. My Five Across was at Awesome Inc. though. 
Um, and you know, that like main room up front is pretty small. Actually, I think they're redoing it right now. Um, but it was just like jam packed with people. So I'm glad you guys got like a different venue and a little bit of a bigger space. Yeah, it was pretty cool. But let's kind of, before we start talking about Dose Defense, which is the company you actually pitched at Five Across, let's talk a little bit about how you got there. You you said that you guys did GSE. We'll get to that. But do you guys want to do like a little bit of a background of your entrepreneurial history leading up to wanting to do GSE and kind of how you got into all that? Um, Addie and I don't have much of like a combined entrepreneurial history. Mm-hmm. Um, like I was always your typical, like I ran a lemonade stand, but we've all, we, both of us have worked for all of our lives. Um, mm-hmm. so we really didn't think that we would become entrepreneurs. I mean, it makes sense when you think about like how the two of us, when we get together, we'll take anything and everything to the extreme. Like when we decide we want to do something, we get dead set on doing <laughs> that thing. Um, We're too stubborn to quit. Exactly. It's just, yeah. <laughs> if someone says really guys come on like why are you all doing this and we're just we're just we're like because this, this is what we're doing this is, this is what, what we're doing we're doing yeah. it yeah. yeah um so i think we've always sort of had that mindset but we didn't really realize that it was an entrepreneurial thing until we got to gse one of our friends gse the way it works is you apply in teams and one of our friends wanted us to apply with her um in a team the two of us addy and i actually weren't sure that we would get into GSE. It's really funny. They have you apply in a video. And I think in our video, we did it the night before it was due. And I also had the flu. So I'm in the background of the video on the couch sleeping because like I had to be in the video, but I was, I was knocked out with the flu. So there was nothing we could do about it. So I think we had me play a sick person in the video. Yeah. Um, so it's sort of a miracle that we even got to GSE in the first place. And once we got there, we were like, wow, this really fits our personalities. And this is something that we can definitely see ourselves doing. So we've just sort of been doing it ever since GSE. So you had mentioned uh, that you had run a lemonade stand. We had talked before recording this. I think you had said that it was like a lemonade enterprise. (laughs) Is that true? Oh, yeah. So I was maybe like eight or nine when I started it. And it was I noticed a bunch of like construction workers. I had been watching Mm -hmm. Full House at the time. And I think there's an episode of Full House where Michelle like sells lemonade to construction workers and makes like an insane amount of money. Um, And I had seen some construction workers in my grandparents' neighborhood. And so on that day, I think I decided to like rally some neighborhood kids together. And then we had a bunch of wagons in my grandma's garage because she ran a babysitting service. So I loaded up those wagons with some change and some lemonade and some cups and sent different kids out to different corners of the neighborhood and had them like at the end of the day, bring me back their money. And I then paid them. I think I like asked my grandfather what minimum wage was. And then I paid them minimum wage um, or at least attempted to with the ratio of money that we had made. Um, And then it sort of became a thing. So I used that money to buy snow cone machines and like some more cool what I thought were business supplies, but I think they were just really cool things that I wanted to buy um, as a kid. And then it became sort of an every weekend thing. So like they would go out, they would stand on their corners. I would hire more kids and then they would come back and bring me their money. So it went on for a few summers. It was pretty cool. That's awesome. So let's get into, uh, you know, GSE. How did that, you know, kind of transition you into GSE and, and make you comfortable once you got to GSE? What was, what is that experience like? 
Um, GSE is very hands-on. So from the moment you go in, you're talking to people, you're networking. Um, they encourage creativity a lot. So I think they just really cultivate that mindset. Like we had a lot of activities, like we did little mini pitch competitions, a lot of things like that. It was kind of very tense. Mm -hmm. I mean, you had to be on your toes almost every second of the day because you didn't know what you were going to be thrown at. You had team time, which we would spend hours and hours with our team still developing our product. And just Jeff, one of the directors, was, like Abigail said, had a surprise pitch mm -hmm. um, that we had to do in five minutes. And it just really shows you how hard and how much you have to work as an entrepreneur. Our coffee addictions, both of them, began at GSE. <laughs> Not even gonna lie, yeah. A lot of coffee addictions begin at GSE. <laughs> mm -hmm. So before we get like a little deeper into it, GSE, correct me if I'm wrong, it's the Governor's School of Entrepreneurship. Entrepreneurs. The Governor's School for Entrepreneurs, yes. For Entrepreneurs. Okay, mm -hmm. so it's a summer program for high schoolers. How did you find out about it? Like how, you know, how did you jump into it? Yeah, so one of our friends told us about it and then we just sort okay. of applied on a whim and ended up there. I think nice. her college counselor... Um, or saw it online somewhere and told, mm -hmm. um, showed it to her because we didn't really want to go to GSP, the Governor's yeah. Scholars Program, and we thought mm -hmm. GSE, building a business, and it was three weeks, it's three weeks overnight on a mm -hmm. university campus, mm -hmm. and we thought that was more up our alley than it the... was definitely more conducive to our yeah. personalities than a gsp we like to say that gsp kids just sit in a circle and sing kumbaya where at gse we do the actual work wow <laughs> strong statement there you know, passion yeah. gsp <laughs> so what was the day-to-day -day like um days were wild so we had a lot of guest speakers a lot of times we would wake up at like 7 or 8 a.m we had to be by lecture i think at either 8 15 or 8 30 a.m mm -hmm. yeah so we would sit in lectures then we would go to our team time um and sort of work to develop our business whether um, that be the product mm -hmm. advertising financials more networking and researching would mm -hmm. be what our team time basically just like an office time for us to work on our idea um, and then we would have like guest speakers or um, people with successful businesses that came in and mentored us. They have a lot of really cool partners. So like I think Cornette, like the branding people and mm -hmm. marketing came in, um, sat down with us one on one and taught us how to brand our business. Like they taught us the way that colors make consumers feel and how to like target our logo based on our target market. So that was really cool. So they did a lot of things like that. Um, and then we would just spend more time working on our idea. A lot of times, usually around like 9 p.m. or so, you were free to go back to your dorm um, and just have free time. But basically mm. sleep. <laughs> yeah, but basically <laughs> either sleep the day the night away because you were exhausted from that day or continue working into the night because you were on a roll and needed to finish something up or you had something really important to do. Yeah, interesting. So how would you guys say it, it helped you grow? What were some of the biggest learnings you guys had uh, from that experience? 
I'd say networking was a huge thing for us, and that sort of continued into Five Across. I remember the second day of GSE, they took us to Enterprise Corps' Evening of Entrepreneurship, which second day there, we're still meeting some of these other kids. We weren't necessarily ready to go out and meet all of these adults, but they put us in our little red polo shirts and sort of threw us to the wolves at this. It was almost like a gala. Into um, adults, very much, very yeah. business-savvy adults. <laughs> and we were like, we've never done this before. So we just get out there and we had to just start talking to people. Um, but we learned very quickly that people would listen to us because we were young and they were interested. Um, so we sort of have learned to use that to our advantage to grab their attention. Um, and then like, learn what we can from them. Um, that's another thing we learned about people in the entrepreneurship world is they're always willing to help each other learn and to grow. Like if someone has advice for us, I don't think anyone has ever withheld advice yeah. from us. Anyone who yeah. we have talked to or um, pursued as a mentor has always had so much advice to give us. Yeah, that's that's the thing that I've found, especially with this podcast and just you know my own networking is you're right. You know, entrepreneurs and successful people you know, they want to share their knowledge because they understand that knowledge is what got them, you know, there in the first place. Um, and, you know, I, I just think, on, you know, networking, I think, is the most important skill you can have as a business person. Um, I think I, I put some post out recently and I said, um, you know, intelligence and hard work are <clears throat> basically the fire starter uh, for a large fire. And then if you really want to, <clears throat> excuse me, build a big fire, you really need to put gasoline on the fire. And I think that gasoline is the ability, you know, to network uh, because networking really gets you connected with more people. The more people you're connected to, like I said, the more knowledge you have access to. Uh, so I just, I, I think networking is the most important skill you can have as a business person and especially an entrepreneur. So it's great that, you know, that was your all's biggest learning out of that. They taught us a lot of networking. <laughs> and I think also just, I learned a lot on how to work. You can't, no one's gonna take your hand and do anything for you. You've gotta do it on your own, and self motivation is a huge part of being an entrepreneur. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. I think, um, you know, I went to high school up in New York. I'm not sure what it's like in Kentucky, but I know that kind of being in an entrepreneurial ecosystem in an entrepreneurial space it does teach you like oh you have this end goal here versus where in high school you might have small projects small project homework homework and they kind of hold your hand along the way whereas in an entrepreneurial space it's kind of up to you to figure out how to get from point a to point b and it's easy to fall down along the way which is almost part of the learning as much as succeeding is if not more so um but so you guys were working on Dose Defense at GSE, correct? Yes. yes. So we'll get into what Dose Defense is in just a second. But is there, you know, anybody cool that you met at GSE or anybody that you especially learned from while you're there that you think kind of really had an impact as you've worked on it over the past year? Patrick Henshaw has been a huge help to us. Um, he was actually a judge at demo day for GSE mm -hmm. and he approached us afterwards and he was working for centrifuge at the time. So he basically came to us and he was like, if you want to pursue this, I'll connect you with the right people. So he mm -hmm. actually went on to connect us with frost Brown Todd, which is a law firm out of Cincinnati. And they ended up doing our patent for us 
uh, completely pro bono. All That's we had awesome. to pay was the filing fees. So that was really, really cool. Um, so Patrick was definitely a huge help coming out of GSE. Yeah, he's somebody we're uh, you know we're trying to get connected to, and um, he's in charge of. Uh, he's one of the main directors of Leap uh, out of Louisville mm-hmm. now. Uh, so uh, you're going to U of L, right? Uh, right. Yeah. Yes, Macintosh are trying to connect right us with him now too. With yeah. So let's jump into what Dose Defense is. It's this project that you're working on at GSC, and you've been working on for a year since. So. Let's start at the beginning. Where'd the idea come from? So at GSE, they have you work on something called a business model canvas. And we basically spent the whole first week of GSE um, talking about problems because Mm -hmm. um, they wanted us to focus less on a solution and think more about a problem first so that our solutions would be more creative and more centered on that problem. Um, So we spent hours in front of a a whiteboard writing out these random problems that occur to us in everyday life. We did Um, pretty good. I think we had, what, 56 problems? 56 problems on the board, yeah. something like that. I still have a picture of the whiteboard on my phone. But um, we then got to talking about a time that I remembered when I was younger. I was maybe eight years old. My baby brother, um, probably a little bit younger than that. Um, weren't you six? I was probably around six, yeah. yeah. Um, and my baby brother, who is two years younger than me, um, was taking his medication. So, um, like, my mom took us into the kitchen, she opened the pill bottle, but then she walked away for a moment, and in the time that she walked away, my brother just started eating the pills. Um, so he ended up having to go to the ER for treatment, Um, And we got to talking about that problem that we had when I was younger, and then we started doing research. And it turned out a lot of other kids have the same problem, because medication is marketed to children, not only by stores, like they make it in good flavors. Like, all kids love their Flintstones vitamins, Mm -hmm. but even Flintstones vitamins are dangerous when you consume them in such a large amount, being such a small kid. So after we did that research, we found out that it was much bigger of a problem um, than I initially thought was happening in my own kitchen. Uh, so we then we started researching a solution, um, which we then again sat in front of a whiteboard, drawing things out, trying to figure out how we could solve this problem. And then uh, we ended up creating Dose Defense, which I'll let Addie talk about because she's the engineering expert. Um, yeah, so basically Dose Defense is a a plastic safety feature that goes inside a pill bottle, and it's a reverse funnel shape, so one end of the funnel is larger than the other end, and a pharmacist will simply snap it in place inside the pill bottle, and the pills funnel through the funnels, but... The narrower end is slightly larger than the diameter of the pill. So instead of having 50 pills fall out at once, only one pill can fall out once you tip it upside down. Then once we created our initial prototype, I actually spoke to someone in the College of Pharmacology at UK, um, and he was talking about the benefit to geriatric patients, because a lot of older people have trouble taking their pills by themselves, just because too many come out at a time and they don't know what dosage to take or they get confused. So limiting the output of the pills is sort of 
is really beneficial to younger and older patients alike. Yeah. So one question that I had was, how do you look at the relationship between Ural's product and the child lock that comes on a lot of the uh, you know, pill bottles that we see today? So they really work together. Um, the childproof lock can go on the pill bottle with our insert. It's sort of hard to imagine without seeing it. You can see it on our website. Um, it's dosedefense.com, or I believe we have pictures on our Instagram and our Twitter as well. But, um... Essentially, the safety feature stays inside the bottle, so it doesn't mess with the capping system. We wanted to make sure that we weren't interfering with the whole pill bottle and the caps that are being sold since we're still a new company we didn't want to out market them or try and out sell them but also kids get into medication bottles really easily right the childproof lock is great it's amazing um but once the childproof lock is off it's no longer childproof mm-hmm mm-hmm so, and a lot of times grandparents or parents forget to put it back on or put it on correctly. And again, once the cap is off, you can get into however many pills are in the bottle. Yeah. I mean, I live alone and I got, uh, I've got pill bottles, you know, for like my allergy medication. I just take the top off and just leave it off. So, yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, are there different sizes of a funnel or, you know, kind of how do you make sure that this product can work for all different kinds of pills. Well, we also did, there's different uh, pill bottle sizes. So there's Mm -hmm, 8, 16, and 30 drams. So we're going to manufacture them in those sizes. And the pill bottle sizes, or the pill capsule sizes that are different, Mm -hmm. we will have a perforated edge. So that the pharmacist can snap out to get a larger pill size if the patient needs a larger pill or a smaller pill. So all he has to do is snap it and then mm-hmm. a larger diameter will come. Will That's be. smart. That's a really good solution to that. So it's basically like you'll have three different base products and then because of the perforated edges, it can work for a bunch, a bunch of different pill sizes. Yeah. Is there a standard pill size? What is what does that look like as far as the size of pills? Do they does it depend on the pharmaceutical company that's making the pills, or is there an established, you know, government regulated uh, standard? I think it really depends. Mm-hmm. There's really no standard pill size. I know if you have more generic pills that aren't, I guess, name brand, they come a little bit more bulkier. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if the pill is newer and just put on the market, it's going to be a little bit bigger because they haven't really fine-tuned everything. Um, it also depends on how much of the medication you need. Mm-hmm. Like the dosage mm-hmm. depends on a lot. But with our perforated edges, we um, have designed it so that it will really work with all of them. Yeah, makes sense. Um, so as far as the development of the company goes... Where are you guys at, and um, what's the progress been been so far? So after GSC, we started assembling an advisory board, um, just a group of people to advise us and help us along, just because we have the drive and we're willing to do the work. But Addie wants to be an engineer, so that's great. But my plan is law school. Um, so I really have 
not a lot of pharmaceutical experience. I mean, I, I guess no 18 year old really has a lot of pharmaceutical experience, but we're learning from people in the industry. So Addie's mom actually works. Um, she used to be the inspector general for the family and health services cabinet. So she works with a bunch of pharmacists and pharmacies because she runs Casper it's something that doctors use to monitor the different pills that you're taking and what other doctors have prescribed you. And she mm. also mentioned how bad the op opioid epidemic is in Kentucky and how kids are getting into all these pill bottles and, um, and how they're overdosing on that as well. Yeah, yeah so we you have Addie's mentioned... mom helping us a lot. Yeah, that's great. So you guys mentioned that you guys are going, you know, to college. Um, you guys are going to different colleges as well. So how do you plan on building the company and running it while you're at different colleges? So I'm going to U of L and Addie is going to Georgia Tech. Um, we've actually already been working with Louisville and sort of connecting ourselves to the entrepreneurial community there. Um, and we plan to pull those resources. We already have been pulling those resources, really. Um, so when Addie gets to Georgia Tech, the plan is for her to do the same thing, and we're going to pull all of the resources that we've pulled from the two separate colleges together to continue working on it. Um, it really is probably going to work out perfectly because she tends to handle more of the mechanical side of things, whereas I handle the day-to-day -day business side of things. Mm -hmm. Got it. That's a good complementary skill set. It's nice that you guys kind of split it up that way. Yeah. And if me and Evan can be any uh, example, it is possible to run an operation from two different cities. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, finding the complementary skill sets with people that you go into business with mm -hmm. is really important. So, you know, just yeah. personally with Nate and I, I'm, I'm very relationship and uh, business development focused, but I'm really bad at the details. You know, I'm not good at remembering a lot of the small things that need to happen. And that's what Nate, you know, is really great at. He's very operational minded and, pays attention to those details. So it's always important to, you know, compliment uh, yourself with, you know, who you originally go into the business with um, and then add on to that, you know. Uh, once you realize gaps, like we realized, you know, we need somebody to help build great creative content and video content. And uh, that's why we brought on, you know, Logan. He has a history in that. Yeah. So building the team is one of the most important parts of starting a company. And, you know, from, you know, a lot of the experts that, you know, I read from and, from the mentors that I have that I that I work with on a day to day, building the team is the most important part of scaling a company and growing a big company is finding the right talent to to put in place. For sure. So as you guys are heading off to college and finishing up your time in Versailles and <laughs> Central Kentucky in general this summer, um, you know, what's kind of the next thing for Dose Defense? What's the next big milestone that you guys are working towards? And then how does that transition to continuing to work on it while in college? Well, right now, our main goal is looking for a strategic partner um, to bring mm -hmm. both expertise and capital to the table. Mm -hmm. We have fielded some investment offers after Five Across, but we're thinking about those and we're sort of holding off until we can find an investor who brings us some experience with the pharmaceutical industry who can really help us grow. Um, we already have some amazing mentors, but we're always looking to expand our network of mentors as well um, and are really just looking for people in pharmaceuticals and manufacturing who can help us learn more and grow more. Yeah. 
So if there's somebody listening right now that maybe could help you with any of those things, where can they find you guys? Where can they find more info on Dose Defense? Give a little bit of a plug here. Yeah, so our website is dosedefense.com. And then they can always add Addie or I on LinkedIn um, or shoot me an email. It's abigailcheek at gmail.com. Nice. Got that down. You got the plug down well. (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) So let's just kind of zoom out a little bit as we're finishing up here. What has just been, we touched on it a bit, but what's your experience with entrepreneurship now that you've been, you know, doing it outside of GSE for a year and, you know, how... How do you communicate it with your friends and, you know, other people that have just been going through high school and, you know, maybe not being so ambitious? You know, what's that like being a young entrepreneur? Oh, well, it's really funny because it's just recently set in. At first, it felt like we were working on a school project. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think sometime this summer it hit us. We were our friends were going to the lake and Addie and I had loaded up the car to go to Louisville for the day to meet with potential mentors And we were like, wow, this is a real business. (laughs) This isn't a school project anymore. This isn't just our GSE project. Like, we have to get it in gear here. Um, But I think that once we realized, like, hey, we're running a real business, and it got real, um, we sort of learned that all of the work that we put into it is definitely worth it. Oh, by far. Yeah. Like... I know we were so happy leaving that meeting that day and making those connections and realizing like the impact that it was going to have on the future for us and for our company and how it was going to help us grow. And we were much happier knowing that we had been productive than we were going to at the lake. Hang out <laughs> at the lake, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I bet. And you know, I'm sure Five Across, you know, standing in front of that huge crowd really uh, puts the pressure on you guys, you know, going forward because it's it'd be tough, to, you know, stand up in front of that many people and not, you know, progress after that or at least give it your best shot. Um, so, you know, speaking of giving your best shot and kind of progressing, where do you want Dose Defense to go? What's what's kind of vision for you guys and uh, the ultimate point you wanna you wanna reach with it? Um, ultimately, I think that we'd like to see it in every single pill bottle that ever leaves a pharmacy. Just like having a childproof cap on every single pill bottle as well. Mm-hmm. In I think our very first marketing meeting, we came up with the tagline, safety standardized. And that's sort of been something that has always resonated with us. Like just like the childproof cap is the industry standard for medication, we want to be the next industry standard for childproof medication. Because the reality is the childproof cap just isn't enough. Not anymore. Mm-hmm.